You're listening to the Shamelessly Feminine Podcast, the place for the kick-ass woman who needs a kick in the ass. Your host, Jen Rosenbaum, is giving you the tools to shed shame and live the biggest life possible. So kick off your heels, get comfy, and get ready to be the boss of your life. Okay, so I'm sitting in my home studio today and I am trying to record this intro for this podcast and I've probably recorded it now 10 times and erased it all 10 times because I'm not even really sure there's enough words uh, that I can use to properly describe how awesome doing this interview was with Steve Maraboli. If you live on earth, you have heard of Steve Maraboli. Whether you know him by name or not, you have heard a quote, you have seen um, an inspirational meme, you have heard of something that he's written or as he says, bleeds on paper. He is incredibly inspirational, but he's also down to earth and awesome and real. And I think that that is so important. You know, I was nervous to ask him to be on the podcast because I was afraid that I was going to interview him and I was going to be let down and it was going to ruin my experience of who he is. But I have to say, after interviewing him, I only adore him even more. I hope you guys enjoy this podcast. Please follow him. And by the way, make sure you listen to his podcast too, but not until after you listen to this one. All right, you guys enjoy the interview. Guys, it's such an honor today for me to share with you this conversation that we haven't even had yet, but I know is going to be amazing. We have Steve Maraboli on the podcast today. Hi, Steve. Welcome. Hey, hey. Thank you for having me on. So excited to be on. I get to look at your beautiful face. (laughs) I was just telling the audience, well, I was telling you before the audience jumped in (laughs) that I think you're really badass. And there are a few people who not only are able to mix their profession uh, with their personal story, but to put themselves out there the way that you do to empower and inspire. And if I may, before you continue my intro, which should sound something like, he has the reflexes of a cat <laughs> and the speed of a mongoose. It should sound something like that. But before you get to it, I want to let the audience know that, that I do interviews very rarely. I do these type of things very rarely, just like I do public talks really rarely. And even more rare is it that I speak to somebody who, without an audience listening, shares with me that they really just want to empower, inspire, and inform others. So I want to let that out there because you're not going to say it about yourself, but <laughs> I want to let your audience know that not only is are you real, but after 20-something years of doing this, you are the rarity. So it's my honor to be on. Oh, thank you so much. I really hope that this recording is working. <laughs> Say it again. You call me. Hey, say it again. (laughs) No, thank you so much. I really, really appreciate that. You guys, I've been following Steve for a long time. He's amazing. He's one of the most quoted men in the world. Is that fair to say? Reflexes of a cat, speed of the mongoose. That's really all it is. Yeah. Listen, I, I like to say that I bleed on paper. Life hits me like it hits every single person listening. I am no different. I struggle just like everybody else does. I just happen to bleed on paper and I'm able to say it in such a way that resonates with a lot of people. I'm really fortunate in that way. Um, and I, and I'm, I mean, I'm beyond grateful. Gratitude is, is the way to go with that. Yeah. So, all right, let's not get into then a whole, I want to, I want to, all right, I want to read to you the quote that made me take this with a grain of salt, fall in love with you as a person and as a writer and uh, as an inspiration. And so hang on, I took a picture of it. So I always have it on my phone. Uh, Your quote is, there's nothing more rare nor more beautiful than a woman being unapologetically herself. 
comfortable in her perfect imperfection. To me, that is the true essence of beauty. One hundred percent. Which is why, which is why I I do love somebody like you. Which is why I do admire that because those are my heroes. Because again, in twenty years of of traveling the world and meeting people, I, I tell this joke. You could say like, uh, you know, I've been on a thousand dates, but I don't know that I've met any of those women because mm-hmm. everyone's putting on this show, this performance, and and it's not just the people you meet in those type of social settings. Folks, I hate to break this to you. A lot of the people you view as gurus and these, let me tell you, I've met so many of them. They are performing. (laughs) They are. It's the reason I didn't go into that endeavor in that way. I I, I wish I could tell you names, faces, and all this stuff of people who you have their books in your libraries at home, but you, if you knew who they were, you wouldn't even let them in your home. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's just the way it goes. So I, I really meant that when I wrote that, I, I really meant that like, wow, the most beautiful person you come across is the one who isn't hiding their scars and they are being silly and they're being ridiculous because Jen, you know, I I, I can be silly. I could be ridiculous. I can, yes, I can talk endlessly about neuroscience, but at the same time, I can quote dumb and dumber all day. It, it, (laughs) it, there is a balance in that life. And, and the, at that moment, it was hitting me that the most beautiful women I was meeting, the most beautiful people I was meeting are the people who are just unapologetically themselves. And and that's what you're designed to be. And and there's a there's something, I think I use the word radiate, but there's an essence there that uh that you can't, there's no poet who can really capture what that really is. The closest we can come is beautiful and enchanting, but it, it's a it's a feeling and experience beyond that, and yes, uh, I still feel that to this day. Yeah, I live for that quote. And when I read that quote, I said, "You know, my God, he gets it. You know, he gets it. How does he get it? That's crazy." Because to hear a man, and by the way, it's very rare. You are only the second man I have had on my podcast because I usually, you know, I feel to inspire women. We need to have women inspire women and lift each other up. But very rarely does their you know, come into my life or my radar, a man who I'm like, okay, they get it. They understand it. So I'm curious for you in this day and age of like me too, and and women really realizing their power, how do you get the message to more men to appreciate women for who they are and, you know, their perfect imperfections? Because we really live in this society where perfection is, you know, this black cloud that hangs over us as women. And so how do you, how do we get the message to more men? Well, I think that the only way you get the message out is to get it out and where it resonates. I used to think that way, Jen. I'm like, how do I get this to more people? You don't. You 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 shoot it out there and the people it resonates with, it resonates with. So mm. our words, our thoughts, our, our, our philosophies, our methods, they're like seeds, right? So you spread these seeds, you throw them around, and, and when they land on fertile soil, something grows. And when they land on concrete, it doesn't. Like, you know, like mm-hmm. it just, it all depends. So you're, I used to think that way. And now it's just, let me just be the best version of myself. People didn't have my upbringing. They didn't have my experience. They don't have that. I was fortunate enough. My dad, for the caveman that he is, 
I was fortunate enough to have a dad that in, in one way was, in many ways, but one specific way was ahead of his time for being a, a, an immigrant, a, a poor immigrant. I grew up in a household in which my dad wasn't afraid of how badass my mom was. Mm. He didn't try to dilute her. He didn't try to minimize her. He recognized the role she played. You know, when, when, his, when he, his immigrant ass had three jobs and my mom was home with the kids all day and she was like 20 and the kids, it was me and my brother, like he never minimized it. He always recognized and celebrated her. And if my brother and I were to disrespect her in any way, shape or form, he instantly <laughs> explained to us why that's a bad idea. Mm-hmm. And to celebrate in that way, uh, I was able to grow up and, and I grew up in the North Shore of Long Island and, and met some more spectacular people, went into the military where I served with some more spectacular women. And, and I've just been fortunate when, I'm, when I tell you uh, earlier that uh, through my journey, uh, which included a, a podcast before they were called podcasts, it was called Internet Radio. <laughs> and I did an internet radio show for years where I, I was knee deep in the spiritual help, help movement, Jen. I was like all in. And here I had this show that had so many listeners that like uh, companies like Hay House were sending me all the who's who, the who's who, Jen. These were finally the people I get to have a conversation with. And when I tell you that I think we had over a thousand hours of conversations with different authors, best-selling authors. When I tell you that there was like three or four of them total that were any sort of close to what real, mm. as far as reflecting what they were writing in their books, mm. um, most of them are women. And, and it seems like because of history, because of the way that, you know, resistance builds strength. You know, it's the message in the mess and, and who's had more resistance, right? So, so you have this strength and, and there, there are times and, and, and there are times that you get, you get these badass chicks, Jen, that are just like, you know, I am who I am and that's it. Like me, hate me, whatever. I can only be the most powerful me if I accept myself. Mm. Right? If I accept myself, I'm freed from the burden of, of needing you to accept me. Mm. And so every now and then you get one that stands out. It's like, this is what I'm going to do. There are going to be people who like me. They're going to be people who don't like me. They're going to be my surrounding. Have any of you listeners, have you not recognized yet that there is nothing so unpopular amongst friends and family as positive change? Mm-hmm. You know this, but when you stand up and you have the fortitude to go there, there's a radiance that emanates from you that changes the world. And, and, and that's, I think, long story short, wah, wah, that's why <laughs> I, I think that I, I write the way that I do, um, mm. because I'm uh, an admirer of empowerment, admirer of perseverance, uh, whether it becomes in male or female form. I, I don't, uh, I appreciate the journey. That's awesome. So, you know, you talk about resistance and, and I, I, this is a topic I talk a lot about also, you know, running towards the pain and, and knowing that there's beauty on the other side and that we have to go through these things to become who we truly are. And sometimes even to give ourselves permission to show up the way that we want yeah. in the world. Like, I mean, I know for me after cancer, like you could take it or leave it, <laughs> you know, like this is who I am, take it or leave it. That's the way it is. And yeah, 
you know, I have no patience or time or energy to give to anybody that doesn't want a part of it. But not everybody has that. Not everybody has gone through that yet or um, has experienced those things. So how does somebody that maybe hasn't had an issue like cancer or some other big issue in their life show up the way that they're meant to be? How can they connect with that? Well, it's a challenge. That's why so few people do it, Jen. It's a challenge. It, it is always going to be the incredible minority of people who do this. And so uh, there, there is no recipe for it because some people go through a little bump and they're like, that's it. Some people go through a breakup. Uh, they might have been together for a year and they go through a breakup and it changes their whole life and they get that badass moment. Other people are married for 30 years and never get out from under it. You know, mm-hmm. you, you, there are people who, who who get convinced of their inferiority pretty simply, and and they've never come out from under it. And there's and and we we mentioned women. I'm going to bring it back here one more time. Um, we have to recognize the bombardment of psychological warfare that is put on them for many reasons. Listen, for for understandable and not understandable reasons. Even if you don't agree with the reasons, it's understandable. We we can know that if women knew how powerful and beautiful they were, you'd crash the economy. How many products are based on you not knowing how badass you are? Mm. Most. Mm-hmm. So when you turn on the television or the radio, when you walk into a bookstore, for those of you who are still in proximity to a bookstore, if you, for those of you who are not, remember bookstores? <laughs> and, you would, and you would walk in and there's that aisle of magazines. None of those, absolutely 0% of those magazines are like, hey, here's un- un- a badass, unapologetic you. Nope. It's, mm-hmm. hey, this wedding dress is better. Hey, this is this. Hey, your ass looks better in here. Can I say yeah. ass? Yeah, you can say, I mean, first of all, we don't know each other that well, but if there's not an F-bomb on my show, usually that's a I failure. So. incessantly, but I get in trouble. <laughs> so so <laughs> people, it's like, your ass looks too big here, too small here. You're not blonde enough. You're too blonde. You're too fat. You're too skinny. Like there's no magazines that are like, hey, you're awesome. Mm-hmm. It's 100% driven on making you not feel good because the entire industry, I mentioned the self-help uh, industry earlier. Now, the entire industry is based on, it's, it's like they have to convince you you're drowning so they can sell you a life vest. Mm-hmm. And so that's what women in particular have dealt with and continue to deal with. Mm-hmm. Any commercial you see on TV today is selling a product. And the product is first, they try to subliminally or sometimes just outright tell you, you're not good enough. Mm-hmm. But, but ta-da, we have the solution. Mm-hmm. And when you're constantly bombarded with that, you're going to, to get with, uh, with people and you might be surrounded by people who all live that way. So you all just bullshit each other. And then when, uh, there's, there's no good guys out there. There's no, but sometimes the, 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 real and authentic people see your inauthenticity mm. and they're turned off by it. Mm-hmm. As, as I've told you, you go on a thousand dates. I don't know that I met one of them. Yeah. And so it's like, yeah, it's, it's not, you're on a job interview. Just be yourself. Tell, tell me something that you would say to your friend or that, that you just, the rest, I've heard all the job interview stuff. Mm. And so it's, it, it's 
finding that authenticity takes something, usually a trigger point. And Jen, some people never, some people never find it. And that's unfortunate. But again, for those who are, who have that internal soil that's that's fertile and ready to grow something big it's it's my job it's your job it's the true empowerer's job to make sure those seeds are there Mm. how do you know steve that somebody's being authentic with you or not i mean you know it's so i'm behavioral scientist so i smell it from a thousand miles away (laughs) but but before it was um it was I didn't I didn't have that good of a radar, and, mm-hmm. and so I found myself in shitty situations because you're bullshitting me, and my only adjustment to that is I'm bullshitting you, and now everyone's bullshitting everybody, and it's like wait a second, this is why isn't this working? Why isn't it working? Because neither of us are in this relationship. Mm-hmm. It's it's the character I'm playing and the character you're playing, and and we don't know how to write the next script, the next story. Because yeah. we're both just telling a story now. Um, and, and now I see it because people are like you. Listen, we people listening to us right now think we've been friends forever. <laughs> we I just met you like a minute and a half before this thing started. Yeah, well, besides the fact that I stalked you on Instagram a little, if we're being really well, honest. Well, but well, maybe but stalk you, is the wrong word. I didn't really stalk well, you. <laughs> even if you stalked me to the degree that I would stalk you on there, we see what you post on social media, right? So we, it's still, it's still a controlled, right. uh, a controlled um, uh, sharing. But right. we get on, we're laughing, or we're just joking about the day in general. That's authenticity. Yeah. And when you meet people who sound like they're on a job interview, then, then guess what? That's they are. Yeah, they are, and you'll usually peel that back, and 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 they'll let you see parts of themselves that some dumb dumb they were dating said is a bad thing, mm-hmm. or what? Like it's it's not what people call you; it's when you start believing them that's the issue, and and so they're hiding what might be the best parts of them. Yeah, like that might be the best parts of them. They're hiding that. Like it's it it becomes exhausting. But I feel like when you get older. And you do meet people who are a little bit older and, ha- and not just in years. Sometimes they're young in years, but they're old in the shit they've been through. Mm-hmm. That they, they live that, what I like to call the unbullshitified life. Where it's like, dude, this is like, just know this now. This is me. I know that this is you. When I meet great people and they're like, oh, I'm just always great, always a ray of sunshine. I will run <laughs> for my life. Yes. Because either that's not true and you're lying to me, or it is true and you're a sociopath. (laughs) Either way, I'm running for my life. I know the brighter the light, the darker the shadow. You have some shit and it's okay. We all do. We all do. And you and and for me, that's it's about navigating those authentic relationships and having the courage to get rid of the ones that simply aren't. Yeah, you know, it's so interesting as you talk about it, even I feel like you know, the anxiety of like, you know, somebody not being able to be themselves. I mean, I experience it a lot because when I have my clients come in and I photograph them, they sort of come in in that way. Like, I want to be what you want me to be, you know, and I say to them, no, I'm going to give you permission to be you and I'll just capture that. But I know that anxiety and, you know, for anybody listening, if you're putting on that act or you're, you know, you might not even know you're doing it. It's not even such a conscious thing. I think that we hear things, we believe them. You know, um, I talk about this in my book that one time a family member made a comment about my thighs, right? She's, she said to me, oh, 
you know, I see Jen has thunder thighs like the rest of the family. And it, I mean, I was probably, I don't know, 16 at the time. It affected my body image for years and years and years and years. Now she may be right. She may be wrong, but at this point I don't give a shit. (laughs) You know, it's like, it's going to stop. It's not going to stop me from doing what I want to do anymore. But I see that women will hear one thing or believe one thing or read something in a magazine and it fucks up their whole life. I mean, they changed the whole trajectory of their life because of it. Yeah. And, and there is the the challenge for us, the challenge for women out there who who recognize that, is that there's really nothing you can do for the people who don't recognize it. You can just make it the information available when they do. You know, so someone listening to this conversation, Jen might be like, "Yes, these two get it. This is great." Someone else may be like, "Yeah, maybe I'll listen to Jen's next show. This one right. for me." <laughs> And that's okay because a year from now, it might be for you. Two years from now, it might be for you. Be like, oh man, it's, it's kind of like that Mark Twain quote is like when I was a, when I was a teenager, my dad, I was so ignorant, I, I couldn't stand to have him around. But when I got a little older, I was surprised at how much he had learned, you know, mm-hmm. and, and it's, you start realizing, oh, there's some wisdom there. There, there is some wisdom there. Just some people aren't to that point and it takes some sort of ability to see that message in the mess. At some point, it takes that ability to see uh, resolution time. So we're at the new year, you know, right? And and you start seeing those resolutions and why isn't this working? And, and, and this is the opportunity to take a step back and say, wait a second. I'm wondering why the people around me aren't keeping promises to me. I'm wondering why the people around me aren't being loyal to me. I'm wondering why the people around me are disrespecting me. Meanwhile, I can't keep a promise to myself. I can't remain loyal to myself. And why the fuck am I letting you disrespect me? I'm disrespecting me. And and so you start realizing, wait a second, I, I have to take this power back. I remember my little baby sister. Oh, how I love my little baby sister. She's not such a baby anymore. She's in her 30s. She's married happily. She lives in California. And But when she was in high school, she uh, was a girl in high school. So guess what? Boys lie. And and so she would be like, Jen, she would be devastated. You know, my little baby sister crying and she'd come to me and she's, a, she's the last person on earth who still calls me Steven, right? So mm-hmm. she'd say, Stephen, uh, what? She'd be crying. I'd be like, "What's wrong?" And and, and she'd say, "Well, uh, this dating the same guy, and he keeps lying." And she's like, "It's just a problem. He's always lying to me." And she's crying. And I said, "Listen, you have to recognize something here. I understand. I'm going to hold you, hug you, kiss you, and go get you ice cream every single time you do this." But mm-hmm. so you do I understand want- women? <laughs> yeah, I do. Yeah. I do. <laughs> but you have to know that you take your power back Mm -hmm. at some point my beautiful little baby sister you're going to recognize that the problem isn't that he lies to you the problem is that you keep believing him take your power back Mm -hmm. when a liar lies i'm not surprised why am i surprised the issue is me not them Mm -hmm. it's kind of like when when um uh, for those of you who, who may or may not remember, there was this Vegas uh, kind of circus kind of act, Siegfried and Roy, right? 
So they had this, this, they were always had this tiger and they'd make the tiger do, you know, ride a bike and these weird kind of things that they have a tiger do. It was an amazing show. And one day <laughs> the tiger jumped on one of these dudes and bit him. So they said everyone shocked and in awe. And, you know, this guy lived and uh, shocked and annoyed that the guy got mauled by a tiger. And they say the tiger went crazy. No, 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 no. The tiger didn't go crazy. The tiger acted like a tiger. Right. The, the tiger was crazy when it was riding a bicycle. Right. When, it bit, when it bit you, it was being a tiger. Yeah. And so when we recognize that about people, like, hey, this person, dude or a chick, lies a lot. Why am I still crying? Why am I allowing myself to be a target of this behavior? Now, that's not easy, mm -hmm. but it is the answer. Just like diet and exercise isn't easy, but it is the answer. Life in general <laughs> is simple, right? It's just not easy, mm -hmm. but that means it is the answer. And so we have to recognize, like I told my little baby sister, take accountability. And that liar, that guy lies. That's his behavior. Now, the question isn't what he does. The question is how you respond to what he does, not how you react. Our, our brains, the paleomammalian brain, what we call the limbic system, is our primal brain. And it evolved outward to create what we have, our frontal cortex, our frontal lobes, where we reason and that kind of stuff. But we react through our limbic system. Mm -hmm. that, that shoots a pulse of energy that we eventually recognize as a thought. It shoots it. At, at, it, that thing drives a Porsche because it's our, our original brain. Our frontal lobes are our reasoning thought process. That's still in a horse and buggy. Mm -hmm. So that's why those Eastern philosophies be like, when you're angry, just breathe and count to 10. There's some wisdom there because it takes that horse and buggy a little time to catch up. And then you're like, okay. Mm -hmm. Instead of reacting, I'm going to respond. There mm. is a subtle but tremendous difference between those two. Mm -hmm. And so what I always tell my, my little sister is you, you react to his lies because it's hurtful. Why would you lie to me if I, all I do is love you? Mm -hmm. That's the reaction. It hurts. It sucks. If you know how to beat that, teach me. But the response is what matters. Mm -hmm. The response is what matters. And your ability to navigate past that, your ability to let go of something that's harming it mm -hmm. or let go. How many of you listening are, are, are holding on to somebody and helping somebody for so long that you don't even realize that the whole time you think you've been pulling them up, they've been pulling you down. And we all have those people in our lives. A hundred percent. But at some point, you realize, I have to let go. I have to love myself enough to be what I love myself enough to want. We want healthy relationships. You have to be that. We want a good health, happiness, and success. You have to be that. It's something we experience when we act accordingly. And in those moments and times, moving on is perhaps the most challenging but the most rewarding act a human can do. Move on from bad people, from bad habits, from bad thoughts. Not negate them. They never go away. 
I promise you. I'm so glad you said that. That's so important because I think people think that, right? They read these self-help books and they think- Well, they think that because they read nonsense. Right. (laughs) Most self-help books, most of the books in the self-help section of your bookstore belong in the fiction section, folks. Mm -hmm. That's not how that shit works. And nobody, nobody- it, it will tell you it is. The successful people don't write self-help books like that. They don't. Just like it, when they when you say, oh, I'm going to a how to be a millionaire class. I've been doing this for 20 years and I know millionaires and billionaires and I've never seen one of them do a how to be a millionaire class. <laughs> it's it's always desperate thousandaires that are teaching the how to be a millionaire class. Right. So that kind of stuff, you have to recognize, no, they're always there. And Jen, new levels brings new devils. There is no, there is no that as far as those Mm -hmm. things go. And it is just recognizing in your life where that is. Did I tell you my spiritual enlightenment moment? Please share. Ever shared that? Please share it. So before my, let me preface this, before my accolades as the most quoted man alive by Inc. Magazine, (laughs) Before my as I walk across the stage with college degrees with the reflexes of a cat and the speed of a mongoose, before all of these great things, I was a kid on Long Island who was failing every class. And I shit you not when I tell you, to quote Shakespeare, I shit you not (laughs) when I tell you that in one of my transcripts, I literally failed lunch. Stop it. I am dead serious because because the way that my high school was set up, they 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 scheduled your lunch and you had to show up for it so you don't leave. And I didn't even go to lunch and failed that shit. I really hope you you frame that report card. uh, I I I frame that with a bunch of things from school because again, you don't let your history interfere with your destiny. So I had that. I was failing everything. But before that, the the weird thing about that was, so I grew up on uh, on the North shore of Long Island. And the way that my town is kind of structured was the really wealthy people live there and and also the people who service the really wealthy people. (laughs) And so my family of immigrants were the people who service the really wealthy people. Mm -hmm. So as a kid, my dad was the handyman, a painter, whatever he had to do to feed his family. One of his clients died in, in this really wealthy section of our town. One of his clients died and his family said, hey, could you come clean up this stuff? Basically throw out his stuff while we get ready for our estate sale, right? So when my dad got there, they told him all the stuff he has to throw out, including these bunch of books. Now, my dad coming from an abject, abject poverty, I'll never understand, refused to throw out these books. So he brought them home. Mm. And I was like, 9, 10, 11 years old, something like that, I started reading some of these books. Mm. I started looking through them because they weren't like these long-winded things. They were just like these nuggets of ideas. Mm. There was one book in particular. It was called Meditations by Marcus Aurelius. And here was this guy, Marcus Aurelius, who took over the known world. He was the Roman emperor. Mm -hmm. Took over the known world and then started journaling. And the, these, this book is his journals. Now, as an adult who now gets to sit in the room with the most successful people on earth while they ask my opinion about things, now I recognize back then 
I was reading what successful people were reading. Mm -hmm. I don't know a world leader who hasn't read Meditations by Marcus Aurelius. I just happened to have it there then, and Plutarch's Lives and Think and Grow Rich. I didn't realize what I was reading. I was going to school and they said, hey, read of mice and men. Nah. <laughs> My daughter just read that. <laughs> No, thank so you. I don't care who's tending the rabbits, George. I'm reading a journal entry from the guy who took over the world. Yeah. But you right? know, there's, I always say there's no such thing as coincidences. There's none. There's right? none. And actually, funny play on that word. So words are everything. Yeah. And that word, when you read back in, in, in ancient writings, the 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 word coincidence used to mean something. It used mm. to mean that connection. This puzzle piece fits. We just changed where we placed the accent. Mm. So it was this, these things, they'd say, Jen, these things with Steve, they coincide. Mm. Mm-hmm. They belong together. They, they kink, but we changed where the accent, so coincidence turns into coincidence and we made it magical because we love to fucking make things <laughs> magical for some reason. Yeah. Listen, folks, side note, the world and your experience of it is magical, but it's not magic. It's magical, but it's not magic. Let me get back to my okay, yeah, so sorry. <laughs> so I'm reading Meditations by Marcus Aurelius, right? But I'm, you know, 15 and I'm going to high school where chicks are so much hotter than Marcus Aurelius. <laughs> so I'm paying attention over there, right? I'm paying attention to chicks. I'm trying to get my, my Rico Suave on at school while, you know, they want me to read The Glass Menagerie. No, <laughs> thank you. So I fail, right? But I go into the Air Force. I graduate in June. Later in June, I a week or so later, I go into the U.S. Air Force. Now, I'm such a genius, Jen. Air Force basic training is in San Antonio, Texas. And this genius signs up for, 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 for the deep of summer, right? So I'm going to be there in the dead of July. So in reading these books... You always get this feeling that like this this enlightenment kind of hits, like I was saying earlier, that oh it just hits you, Jen, and you understand the ways and flows. Side note, why do all the spiritual people whisper? <laughs> like as if you spoke full volume, the fucking world would explode. You don't want to disrupt the angels. <laughs> yeah, the world's not gonna explode. It, it world's not gonna explode. So you go, oh. And you just get it. It flows. Because, Jen, you put out an intention. And the universe conspires in your favor. Boom, right? Yeah. So I'm thinking this is the way it's going to happen. Nope. For me, <laughs> for me, I'm in San Antonio, Texas. It's 125 degrees. I'm in basic training. I'm dressed up like a tree. And they're marching all of us on blacktop because they're really compassionate. <laughs> and so in blacktop, sweating, it's hot. Basic training is repetitive. Same crap, different day kind of stuff. Every day is the same. And you kind of just go in a fog and, and you're just going through the motions. And, and you just, I don't know what day it is, what time it is. And, and you're just going through on one particular day. The 60 of us who were in our flight, we were just getting everything wrong. And our drill instructor with his little Smokey the Bear hat was super mad at us. And he's pacing back and forth and he's saying, what's wrong with y'all? He says, get in formation. So, oh, shit, that's never good, ever. <laughs> 
So we get in formation, standing up straight and tall, and he's pacing back and forth. He says, what's wrong with y'all? I know. Say pop. Pop. Say pop again. Pop. Pop. He said, do you know what that is? That's the sound of your head coming out of your ass. (laughs) And that was my, (laughs) that was it. I was like, yes, that's absolutely right. Same crap, different day isn't the truth. Mm. That's my perspective of it. Today is a day, not Marcus Aurelius, not Jesus, not any of those people that I had been reading about. It's a day they hadn't seen. Mm-hmm. Nobody saw this. I'm seeing it real time. Yeah. So I don't have to be great for the next 20 years. I just have to get through today. Right. That's the only power I have. And sometimes I just have to get through lunch. Sometimes I just have to get through these next five push-ups. And so I recognize that, wait a second, let me take now the wisdom. Remember I said somebody listening to this show would be like, dude, this dude's too much. But maybe two years from now, they'd be like, oh, wow, what wisdom. Mm-hmm. I started to see the wisdom and the stuff I had read five years earlier, the carpe diem. Mm. Wait a second. I have no control over yesterday unless I'm Doc Brown with the time machine. Mm-hmm. Nothing. No control. I, I've, I have sat in the room with the Dalai Lama. I have met with people who are so spiritual, yet tomorrow has never called any of them and asked them their opinion for the right. day. None. <laughs> You have absolutely no control. The only thing I control is right now and barely. So let me just be the best I can be right now. Let Mm -hmm. me finish this. Let me get up this hill. Let me go and finish these things. And I finished the kid who previously, months before, had failed lunch. (laughs) I finished as an honor graduate of basic training and went on to police, military police academy and finished as an honor graduate. I was an ex, I finished as an expert, marsh, an expert marksman in three type of guns. Mm. I'm from the North shore of Long Island. <laughs> See, I, I get that. A lot of people listening, I'm from the North shore of Long Island yeah. too. So I there get is it. no machine gun that I encountered <laughs> right. before going to the military. <laughs> right. Exactly. And so, so, but here I was excelling and people started saying to me, Hey, Maraboli, you're really good at this stuff. Cause I was helping not, I, I had received so much power, Jen, because I was, I stopped giving the power I had to yesterday and tomorrow. And I was able to harness that power into right now. And you start kicking ass when you do that. Mm-hmm. You start kicking the day's ass. The day sometimes thanks you for being over. As opposed to life happening to you, you start experience what I call happening to life. Mm-hmm. And so you, I started doing that and then helping others along. Hey, we got this. Oh, man, I don't know if I can make it to the end. Brother, you don't have to make it to the end. Just make it to today. Let's make it to lunch. Let's make it up this hill. Yeah. You don't have to make it to the end. That's sucking exhausting to think about that. Let's yeah. just do today. Let's just do today. And, oh, I don't know if I could do it today. Let's do today. I don't know if I could do it. Brother, the whole time we've been talking, we're already done. Yeah. Now let's finish. We already done doing the thing you said you thought you couldn't do. You've proven yourself wrong. Let's keep, let's keep proving you wrong. And those little things, and I'd start hearing it. Maraboli, man, you got me through that. You should do this for a living, bro. So I go through my four years of military service, a lot of ups and downs, scary moments and all those type of stuff. And, and, uh, when I got out, like my parents, 
immigrants, you know, immigrants who were so proud that their son had successfully completed service and, and got a lot of medals and decorated. And I had two offers, one to the FBI and one to the CIA. I really had an amazing four years. Like that say pop moment was my, that changed my life. Mm. So you can imagine how proud my parents were. You could also imagine when I told them I was going to do neither. <laughs> and instead, sit down, mom, for a second. Um, I'm going to start a company. <laughs> instead of taking at the time, I think, I think the highest offer was like a CIA job. It was like six, $60,000. And I was 22 years old. That was like telling me a quabillion dollars. Right, like it right. didn't even make sense. But it would mean that I'd have to do this and do the whole gun thing I had been doing for the past four years. And I was just, I was all set with that. And so, sit down, mom. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to do any of that. <laughs> Instead, I'm going to take the $523 I do have. And I'm going to start a company that helps people. My mom's loving answer was, Este está loco. <laughs> so forward to later on, being able to get my parents their first house, being able to, you know, change the world the way that I have. And fortunately, before my mom did pass away, she was able to see so much of that. And recognizing that at those moments, Jen, at those moments, I realized you can choose to live the way of the zombie which is how most people will live. Listen, mm -hmm. for those of you listening, I love you all. I haven't met any of you. I love you all. A lot of you are zombies. People ask me, you watch The Walking Dead? Yeah. All day, every day. <laughs> yes. I've never seen the show you're talking about. Mm -hmm. But zombies, all day, every day. And they speak to each other. They have a language. It says, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. Same crap, different day. That's a lot that zombies speak. Uh, and my favorite, easier said than done. <laughs> Just talking yourself out of living and then wondering why people aren't even sure if you're dying. You don't even know. Yeah. How, yeah. Is, how is it Friday already? How is it Tuesday already? How's it 2019 already? You know how it is already? Because you've been dead this whole time. Mm -hmm. And you have little spurts of moments that you go to a wedding and maybe you actually interact with your partner instead of looking at your fucking phone the whole time. Or maybe you experience something and you enjoy or maybe you did some exercise by accident because you had to park really far and you walk <laughs> you had to walk to the event and you feel something feels great. Yeah, it's your body. It's called <laughs> dopamine and serotonin. And that's what you get when you do shit that living people do. <laughs> and so you start feeling that you get those little glimpses of what life is, but then the most part you fall into that rut and it's Monday morning and you're in the same place with the same people who are also zombies saying, you know, happy Monday. It is what it is. <laughs> same crap. And you're just eating yourself to death and you're, you're ignoring each other. We, we have a phone that, connects us to the world but distances us from the people next to us and it's so crazy mm -hmm. to me 
we end up, we talked about social media, we end up performing for social media and, 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 and missing out on the things we should be seeing. But instead, Jen, what I find and what my endeavor is, aside from being invited onto a podcast and not shutting the fuck up, my, don't, job, <laughs> my job is to just spread those seeds and to share with you the times I've won, the times I've lost, the times that I have fallen deeply in love with somebody and I was the, uh, and I was the uh, perpetrator and the times that I've fallen deeply in love with somebody and I was the victim and how we have that in us and, and how you can get up and you can just accept the cards you've been dealt and still win. Or at least still play, mm-hmm. this but is, not this is give up. One of the things that really was going through my brain as you were talking is this victim mentality. This because we all fall prey to it at times. I mean, I going backwards a little bit. I think prior to my being sick, I definitely went through a little bit of that zombie period. Yeah, you know. Course for sure. And then all of a sudden you get sick and you're like, well, wait a minute. You realize really all you have is today. I don't care whether you had cancer or you are perfectly healthy or whatever it might be. You only have today. I only have today. And it wakes you up from that zombie mode. But at the same time, you really have to physically sometimes like push yourself out of that victim mentality, especially when you, you know, in my experience getting sick, you know, the why me, I mean, I never really asked why me because I just felt like that's not going to serve me. I'll never understand why choosing to show, you know, what I show online and on social media and what I talk about is my why in a way it's like a, you know, to give it purpose instead of just having it be illness. But that victim mentality is real easy to, to get into, you know, and, and I've really had to learn a lot for me, taking back my power was a lot of realizing what other people do is not personalized to me. And I think, you know, people people aren't, yeah. Yeah. But people don't see it that way. Well, why'd they say that? Or why'd they do that? Or they didn't call me or they didn't do that. You know? And I'm like, it's not, maybe it's not about you at all. Get out of, you know, get out of your own head. about them. Right. (laughs) Most people don't know what they're just navigating their own shit, Jen. Like they don't, I, because I've had, I've been on both sides of that also at, mm-hmm. at, a, at a previous time when I, when I cared about that kind of stuff. And, and it was like, and, and it's out of emotional self-defense that you stop because you realize when you're on that end. So like I would stress about, wow, why didn't they get back to me? Why didn't they blah, 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 blah. all those things that we say? And, and it's never because they're busy. It's always because I suck in some way, right? right? What did like, I do so to like, piss them off? Why, why am I not good enough to <laughs> right. text back from the, <laughs> from this person who suddenly you treat them like they're the fucking Maharishi. Like why, why is this impeccable flawless individual who has everything under control, not responding to me? Yeah. Because, and then, but I've had that, I've had people like, Hey Steve, can we talk for a second? Hey, yeah, sure. What's up? And, And I'm thinking like, Hey, great to see this person. Like, um, Hey, I just hadn't heard from you. And I was wondering, did I say something to offend you? I'm like, You've been wondering that? Like, I haven't thought about you even for one second. Like, not a bad thing, not a good thing. Like, I didn't... uh, Did I say I'll talk to you later as I was leaving the pizza place with a fucking slice of pizza in my hand? That was like, I've been dreaming about all day. Finally got it my hold of and I saw you. I was like, hey, I'll talk to you later. And, And suddenly you're wondering, like, why didn't he... He said he'd talk to me later. 
And then like they go through all, oh, look at Mr. Big Shot. Mr. I talk to the Pope, so I don't talk to my, like, wait, I didn't think of you once. Like, it's not even, I didn't even have the opportunity to think anything bad. Why would I think something bad of you? I just said something off the cuff and, or I forgot because again, life happens. I got my own stuff. And so once I saw that, like when people think that, 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 uh, that uh, I was shying away from them or thought something bad and then realized that that wasn't even on my radar for a second, then that must be how it is the other way around. So let me just free myself from that. Mm-hmm. I believe in like that kind of conscious conversation mm-hmm. where you, you, uh, you interact with people and, 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 and keep that uh, genuine for the times that you're with them. And, and then when, I, when it's not, I go about my stuff I assume they go about their stuff. And, and when I see you again, I see you again. That's, that's, yeah. that's how I go about that. But the, the surest way to, to ruin your whole day, to throw away those 24 hours or the 18 that you're awake for, um, is to be concerned with what other people are thinking. Because it's not, it's not you. Believe me, it's not you. They have too yeah. much other shit. Do you find that your notoriety has negatively or positively affected your relationships with other people in your life? With the people who I've known, um, it's, it's been a neutral Mm -hmm. because the notoriety with people that have known me forever and continue to know me now, they're just like, of course we, we, we thought you were smart and a life changer before you were, everyone else did. Right. Um, with other people, I wouldn't say it affected me us negatively as much as it's it's helped me see you know it it helps me keep my gauge of who i am and my my place in the world and it also has been where it has been an impediment is to um those type of relationships i'm talking about so Mm -hmm. i meet you i go give a talk somewhere and afterwards, you know, I usually stick around for selfies and quick little <laughs> chats here and there, right? And and those people are so nice, Jen. But again, I I barely meet any of them. They come with me, to me, and the first lines, the first ten things they say to me are the resume things that they've been planning to say to me the whole car ride over, right? <laughs> because their illusion of who I am um, doesn't allow them to just talk to Steve from Long Island. Yeah. You know, talk to Steve from Long Island. Like, hey, what's going on, brother? Like, let's talk to, oh, and I, and I love, you know, you, you sit and I just, I just, can I do my, my best, uh, uh, <laughs> my best uh, annoying chick interview? As, as long as it doesn't so sound like, like me. <laughs> so like, I really like love charity and like <laughs> charities are like my favorite. So like, if you could just help people. No, you don't. You don't give a shit about charities. <laughs> you don't care at all. Just tell me that. I've never thought of that. Whatever. Tell me about if, if you love bags, you fucking love, I don't know, a Michael Kors bag. I'd rather you tell me about that for a half hour. Yeah. So I can watch the passion in your eyes and what genuinely inspires you. I would rather you tell me that. You think it's the last thing I want to hear? It's the only thing I want to hear. Yeah. What I don't want to hear is you selling to me <laughs> as if I want to date 
or be friends with me. Right. I was just going to say, nobody really wants me. to date themselves. <laughs> I already have me. I'm already annoying as fuck to myself. <laughs> right. The world can't take two of me. Right. I just told you that my sick desires, I turned down a killer job with benefits to struggle for 20 years. I already told you I'm an insane person. I don't need another insane person. <laughs> Tell me about something passionate, like you feel passionate about. I'm not going to judge what it is. Who the fuck am I to judge what it is? Let me, but so those type of things, a lot of times, and, and it, it's not just chicks, I joke, uh, but it's it, dudes, hey man, I really, blah, 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 blah. come on, dude, lower the testosterone a little bit, just reel it in a little yeah. bit. Like we're not here to grunt and do all that stuff. Like just have a conversation with me. I think people do it because they're they're looking for a connection, right? Like an an in or a connection or whatnot. But they don't realize that it's you know there's the, the way connection to connect comes is really, with you, right? Not exactly. the character you want me to be. So yes, they are looking for the connection, but it's it's like it's it's like the the guy who's at the end of the bar with kind of like tilting in a, in his pose and whenever he takes a sip out of his beer he makes sure he flexes his muscle right. <laughs> dude there's no chicks dying for that zero 100% zero chicks who you're more likely just being the goofball that's like oh i got to go put a quarter in the machine so i don't get a ticket that's more for the right person, that's going to be more endearing than you flexing while you drink a beer. And that's just, it's kind of like that. If you recognize, and it goes back to what we were saying earlier, if you just recognize that the authenticity to the right person is going to be what what matters. It, it, it is going to be what matters. And 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 if if any of your listeners could get anything out of the absurdity that has come out of my mouth for an hour it it is just that is here's the thing you're not broken you're not drowning you don't need a life vest you don't have to fix yourself you're not broken relationships can fail relationships with your peers with your colleagues intimate relationships can fail sometimes they're your fault sometimes the other person's fault a lot of times both there's an incompatibility that we overlook because we look to be compatible in shit that doesn't matter. So we find that we're incompatible in the shit that does matter. And it's like we make sure we get into the, to the right car with the right tires and the coolest steering wheels. And we get in this fucking thing, Jen, and we realize this shit doesn't have any gas. <laughs> and it's not compatible for the journey we want to go on. And, and so we recognize these things and... And, uh, and just recognize that life is simple. It's just not easy. And you have to decide what you want. You have to create a plan and you have to move on it. I'm all for the spiritual stuff. I think it's magical. And where I go when I die, Jen, where my beautiful mom may be now, where I don't know. And neither does anybody else. I'm going to go in the year, you know, 2100. I'm going to be wherever the fuck I was in the year 1800. I have no idea. Mm -hmm. But I know I'm here now. And I'm going to impact now. And I'm going to love now. And sometimes that's going to vary. Sometimes I'm going to be the smartest guy in the room. And sometimes I'm not going to be the smartest guy in the room. Sometimes I'm going to feel really passionate and motivated. And sometimes I'm going to watch an entire season of something while sitting on my couch and eating Pretzels, first of all, my new thing. That <laughs> how dare you, whoever made these things? 
fucking pretzels with peanut butter in it? <laughs> it's genius. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> what kind of Al-Qaeda thinks of that kind of well, shit? Like, just kill. First, it was Cheez-Its. Me and Cheez-Its, I'll like cry and write poetry to Cheez-Its. Yeah, they're pretty so good. good. They're pretty good. So <laughs> I, I have found my mechanisms to fight those. And then I happen to grab a handful of these pretzels with peanut butter in it. And now suddenly, like three days later, I've killed Netflix. I have like leaves in my hair. I'm homeless <laughs> and I'm holding a bag of these pretzels. So, but you'll have those days that you're motivated and you'll have days that you're not. You'll have days that, that you want to uh, be romantic and love and hug and kiss and, and, and make passionate love. And there's other days you want to kick down the door and ravage someone on the kitchen table. There's always going to be those days. That's what life is. You are not broken. You are alive. When, when you talk about being diagnosed with something, can I just share one more thing with my mom? I know you told me you yeah. have a short amount of time and I'm killing this, but I have all the time happened. in the world. You go, this you can go. <laughs> so my beautiful mom gets diagnosed with cancer and she gets the type of cancer that you get that it gets diagnosed super late. So she mm-hmm. gets diagnosed in the final stage. Right. And so I'm watching my mom process this and I'll never forget what she said to me that first time. She, she was just told Jen that she's, she's dying. Like, it's not like, Hey, maybe no, she's told Mm -hmm. you're dying. And the look on her face didn't match that. So, of course, when your son's a behaviorist, he's kind of just curious. So I'm kind of poking a little bit like, hey, yeah. She said, you know, Stephen, she was uh, second to last. (laughs) Well, actually, she would say, you know, S. Stephen, because she still had a heavy accent. (laughs) She said, you know, S. Stephen, it's not. It's not that I was just told. That I'm dying. It's that upon being told that I'm dying, I was forced to think, what proof do I have that I've been living? Mm -hmm. That blew my mind. Mm -hmm. What proof do I have that in these past several years, when you get through the monotony of your kids are growing out of the house and then you're just two adults and what do I want to be when my kids grow up? You find all those things. Yeah. What proof do I have that I've been living? I've just kind of been going through the motions of the day. And that was another say pop moment for my mom. Yeah. Where she she made conscious contact. I left out a, a piece before when I got out of the military. I volunteered at veterans hospitals mm-hmm. for a good year and a half after getting out of the military. And at that time, it was the Vietnam veterans were getting super old. The World War II veterans were getting super old and dying. Mm. So I spent a lot of time and I'm telling you, you want to learn how to live, you hang out with people who are dying, right? Mm-hmm. And so I was hanging out with these old veterans who in those two years, Jen, not one of them said, hey, man, I sure wish I would have worried more about bills. <laughs> I, I, I really wish I would have taken less chances. Right. I'm so glad I didn't tell that girl I love her. Like, I'd never yeah. heard that once. It was always the opposite. It was yeah. take chances, go on there, swim, 
dance, do all those things, start a business, fall on your ass, get up again, do it. And and some of them would even be like, Maripoli, why are you even here? You're a kid, you're young and handsome. And if I had your body parts and, you know, they, you know, old veterans, and I would be out there and, 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 and I kind of went with that and I still live with that now, right? Yeah. It is your enthusiasm for life. Let that bring you to the next level. And don't be confused that your history has to be your destiny. Don't be confused that just because you were X, Y, Z, every single day of your life leading up to today doesn't mean you have to be that this afternoon. Yeah. You can be a better parent, a better sibling, a better child, a better friend, a better wife, a better husband, a better person in general, healthier. You can do all those things now. Nobody can stop you. But side note, pay attention to the people who are trying to stop you. <laughs> yeah. Get them out of the way. <laughs> Get them out of the way. I, I have a on, on my podcast, I'm, I'm resurrecting my podcast. And, uh, and it's going to be kind of shoot from the hip stuff like I do now. Um, I, I've built a life in which, as as a business consultant, I don't eat based on the things that people know me for. You know, the the, the kind of the quotes and the empowering and inspiration stuff. I, I've been a best-selling author since I was 22, and I've never bought a slice of pizza with that money. I've we have empowerment and education programs in 40 countries, all funded by the books who sold. And the reason I did that is because I never want to have to be something. I've met so many gurus who can't be honest because now they have to sell their product because it's not the law of attraction that feeds them. It's your asses that feed them. <laughs> and, they and they have to keep going and keep playing this character because they don't know how to do anything else. Well, that's not how I eat. And so I'm able to shoot from the hip and, and my podcast will be doing that. And one of the things I'll be doing is, is mentioning the type of people that you should avoid. Mm-hmm. And it's the type of people that number one, I've interacted with. And number two, I've been these type of people. Like right. you go through your own shit. You realize like, wow, I'm that. Like I'm the very thing I hate. Right. Like, wait, I have to. <laughs> but usually have, we are, right? I mean, that's why we, yes. some, somebody might irritate us or something about them irritates us. And I'm like, hmm, that, but that is you. Right. <laughs> that's why it irritates wait, why, you. Why are you so much like me? It's horrible. <laughs> I hate being with you. <laughs> right. It's like, stop. Yeah. You know, so so you, you make these things and then you have to be able to laugh at yourself in this life and say, okay, well, that is the time that I've been, you know, uh, we have all in our lives the type of person who asks your advice and then does the complete opposite. Right. I call those an asshole. Right. <laughs> so, so I have some assholes in my life and I have to realize that I've been the asshole. Yeah. Like I've been the asshole. Let me just pay attention to how I'm navigating this. Be selective of whose time I take. And when I do take their time and they answer me, at least make an effort to adapt that information into my life and not just be an asshole. And and so an asshole would be one type of person. I have several other that are equally hilarious and wow, spot on. <laughs> and when I mention it and people are like, oh yeah, I don't know any of those. It's like, whoa, there it is. <laughs> Look no further than the mirror, sir. <laughs> That's because you're it. <laughs> That's it. And, you know, and, and so um, my endeavor is going to be to continue to identify the authentic people like you and share and, 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 and continue to inspire and empower every bit that I can while I can. 
I love it. Well, the world needs you. So I'm so glad that you're doing it. And uh, I can't thank you enough for taking the time, <clears throat> excuse me, to spend with me and my audience today. Your advice you is all. invaluable. Let's and go do something awesome. We tell everybody where they can find you. <laughs> I'm a pretty findable fella. If, uh, I'm Steve Maraboli. So just Google that. I'm on Instagram. I'm on yeah. Twitter, I'm on Facebook. But more importantly, find yourself. You already know the answer. Most of you wish you didn't. <laughs> you know who to get rid of. The whole time I've been saying get rid of somebody, the same fucking people would pop it in your head. You know the answer. Yeah. You know the answer. It's just finding a way to do it um, and, and having, having the, the self-love uh, and, and recognizing that sometimes, yes, the victim mindset is horrible, but doesn't mean you haven't been a victim of stuff. It just means that staying that victim mindset is only going to steal more time from you. And, and the people who did it to you aren't there. They're not in that place. In Italian, they have an expression translated. It's, it's while you're holding a grudge, the other person's out dancing. Yeah. And, 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 it's, and it's true. I wish it wasn't true, everybody. I wish a lot of things weren't true, but it is true. And so I could either argue with reality, which is the only time humans feel pain is when we argue with reality. He shouldn't have dot, dot, dot. Well, he did. And you're arguing with reality and that's why it hurts you. Hmm. Recognize that they do. Recognize their behavior. Watch behaviors, not words. Words are silly. Words are how we deceive and manipulate. Watch mm. behaviors. The people I love, I don't ever have to say I love you. I do incessantly, and I'm annoyingly I love you guy. <laughs> I'm annoyingly I love you hugs and kisses guy. But if I wasn't, they know. Mm. Because my behavior speaks. Allow your behavior to speak. And if Jen ever has me on again, I will share with you guys what I call the behavior gauge. Um, which is a cool little life hack for success and that kind of stuff. Well, I will um, take that as uh, an invitation for you to come back on. So I'm holding you to it. (laughs) No, first of all, we don't live far apart. So if we don't find ourselves at some sort of tea or coffee shop soon, start throwing shit around in this office. (laughs) I don't see any shit in your office, by the way. My my office is full of shit over here. (laughs) This is the camera angle behind the camera. This is like the social media version of, of, of interviews. Yes. The part that the camera can see, impeccable. Wow, Perfect. Steve's really got his shit all together. <laughs> the other side of the office, fucking Hurricane Standy, still hit it. Like it's still, it's just, you know, again. I get it. I get it. People. It's magical, but it's not, not magic. magic. <laughs> Thank you, Steve. I appreciate you. My pleasure. Thanks for listening to the Shamelessly Feminine Podcast. If you loved what you heard, be sure to leave a rating and review on iTunes so that more women can learn to live a badass life. To learn more about this movement, go to shamelesslyfeminine.com and join our Shamelessly Feminine Facebook group. Until next time, go out there and be the boss of your life.